today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Special edition of Tech Talk. I know usually we hear Tech Talk at 11:35 on Fridays, uh, but uh, tomorrow is uh, CHML Christmas Eve Hall Blitz Day, so we're going to be uh, having some special programming on. So we have moved Adam uh, to 11:35 today. Of course, this is brought to you as it is every week by Vacuuman and Adam Oldfield, the president and CEO of FPM, FPM3 Marketing, and Vacuuman is back with us to uh, talk tech. How are you doing this week, Adam? You know what? I'm a lot colder. I'll tell you that, Bill. I'm I'm I'm, I'm really feeling the chill this week. I can tell you. It, it, but other than that, I'm doing really well. By the way, I just before we get into, uh, the, I know the long list of stuff you want to talk about. Uh, earlier in the program, we had somebody on from the Insurance Bureau of Canada. They were talking about uh, the auto thefts and how they're up and the sorts of vehicles. But they mentioned that thing that you brought to our attention a few months ago about this technology that thieves are using right now to actually gain access to our key fobs, even if you've got they're in the house. They don't have to be in the car. Uh, and, and apparently, it's a thing now. I guess it's it's really a, a problem, especially in European countries, and starting to happen here in North America now. It is a major problem, and you know what? I mean, we just take for granted you hang your keys at the front door. It's easy to grab and go, and if you've got a vehicle that's been made from 2010 up that has a key fob that you you know push a button, it beeps, you're set, that is constantly sending a signal. It's actually got a live signal constantly being sent, and it's uh, the older technology, when I say older, 2017 and, and, and older than that, is using infrared. Uh, the newer versions are actually using an, an NFC, which is near field communication or uh, a Bluetooth. And honestly, Bill, it takes less than 30 seconds to be able to match the code. Usually they do it in twos and all they got to do is just have some with the laptop. It's actually, a, it's an easy downloaded code. You can search this online, download it. And what it does is it sends a signal that matches. It looks like radio waves or looks for Bluetooth waves and it will match it. Once it matches it, you can then it decodes uh, instantly. Now uh, this is part of the car theft issue is that it, it's not a random code number. It's the same code. So your key fob is matching uh, kind of like your password. Think of it as if you used one, two, three, four, five, six as a password, it's sending it from your key fob to your car all the time. And that's how they're able to do it. They get the code. It sends it. It, it tracks it. It's not encrypted. And then they literally send the same signal to the vehicle and it can start the car or unlock it. It's very simple. It's interesting. He was also mentioning, especially now that, uh, you know, getting into Christmas shopping and not that we're really busy at the malls these days because of the pandemic. But he says, how many times have you seen this or maybe you've even done it? You you get out of your car and you start walking towards the mall or the store or wherever it is you're going. And you think, oh, yeah. And you turn around and you push the fob to block your car. You could be 20, 30 yards away or whatever. He says there are people that are sitting in the parking lot sometimes and they're they're scanning, looking for that code. Uh, and you could, you're, uh, you know, absentmindedly just clicking that, and they could lock onto that, and your car could be gone when you get back. Now, not suggesting everybody's doing it, but he says this time of year, uh, it, that's what they do. They, they can actually just, they, they go looking for these things and just say, okay, what's out there right now? And they lock onto the, the signal. It's pretty frightening stuff. It is. When we talk about technology being so convenient, they've been built under the premise that they're also very simple. And, you know, like you made that example, which is great. You're, you're right, because it sends out a radius signal. It doesn't send it direct. It's not like a, a laser beam or a radar. You click that button, it sends a 10 to 20 meter radius signal to any, but any vehicle for that matter. And, uh, and, and, you know, back 
the, in the time, I remember being in a parking lot with, I had a Lexus and I went to lock it and I heard another beep beep and I ended up unlocking, had the, ironically, this <laughs> like one in a trillion, I ended up unlocking another Lexus vehicle. And you could hear when I clicked it again, you heard both my vehicle and the other vehicle beep again. So uh, I never got in that vehicle and drove away, but that is uh, the, the element of how unique they are. They're not unique. It's the same code. And when you do click it, you got about a 20 meter radius. It's trying to find your vehicle in all directions. And if anybody sitting there with their computer or phone, it doesn't even need a laptop. They can do it with a simple cell phone and uh, they're just searching for signals. The minute you send a signal, it's going to trap that, figure it out, and they can be able to, uh, uh, I guess, articulately uh, mimic your signal to turn and take your vehicle. Uh, which segues very nicely into the first thing that you wanted to talk about today, uh, and that, of course, has to do with uh, BlackBerry's Intelligent Vehicle Data Platform. This was, a, this was a good week if you're a BlackBerry stockholder. Oh, I'll tell you, man, I, I got really excited. It, you know what? There's little things that give joy to me, Bill, and one of them is when I see BlackBerry getting a little bit of love. And you know what? You, you know, you see BlackBerry in the old days, and, and I remember saying it to my daughter, and she kind of goes, BlackBerry, whatever, Dad, that's so old. And I'm thinking, you don't remember what BlackBerry was. Um, BlackBerry shot up since 2015. A single day shot up a 65%. This is the largest it's had, and a very rightful reason is because BlackBerry is now capable of being, as we know, QNX is, is pretty much in a lot of automobiles. And, you know, this is good and bad, by the way, Bill. And I see this because there's always a bit of a double side whenever I speak. So the one side is, is that the QNX system is going to be partnering with Amazon. Uh, the Amazon web server. And, you know, and we know Amazon's in business for the same thing Google is, data. So the data that's going to be collected is going to be able to monitor and track specific information about that vehicle. Now, that's why the uh, stock went up because it's going to use this data um, for Amazon to be able to help uh, create more information for the automotive supplier. Toyota is already on board. Volvo is already utilizing the QNX Amazon service. And what they're doing with that data is being able to determine um, when something like a, a dangerous condition, the vehicle slips on the ice or it gets into a car accident, all of that information is being collected and it's telling the server that this vehicle had an impact at 20 miles an hour and uh, the crumple zones were able to absorb this much pressure and it's going to be able to safely help them develop future developments in making it safer. So uh, that's the good news. Obviously, the double-sided sword, what else are they collecting about us and what information are we giving them to be able to track? And as much as it's like, you know, Volvo VIN number 163, Three, four, five. It's still proprietary to us, the the buyer. Um, and this is the reality: is that technology in our cars are computers right now with with wheels. Um, and especially with autonomous driving and the level we're going in, BlackBerry, congratulations! You're going to be part of that inner circle with the autonomous driving and the technology that's being collected. BlackBerry being one of the ones that's chosen, one of the benefits of it is the fact that it's got the best security system. So, and what I mean by that is uh, BlackBerry systems probably isn't going to be as susceptible to somebody standing outside your door trying to track your key fob if you get where I'm going, Bill. That's always been their strong point, though, hasn't it? Security. 
100%, which is why this is such a big uh, announcement for BlackBerry is the fact that they are a leader when it comes to security. I mean, the days of a little wheel and you're texting on your phone are gone. BlackBerry right now is, I think of it as a shield of protection when it comes to data, encryption, uh, and whether that's your content or whether it's protecting your desk, uh, your computer. Uh, it's really one of the one of the leaders when it comes to data management, data processing, and encrypting it the proper way. The wheel. I forgot all about the wheel. I, <laughs> I, I still like. I think I still have my one of my Blackberries anyway stuck in a drawer here someplace. I'll have to check that out for old time's sake. Listen, this time of year, I, as we head towards uh, December, uh, you always give us a rundown on the most downloaded iPhone apps, and uh, it's it's interesting to see each and every year how that changes. But given the fact that most of us are working from home, or a lot of us are anyway, I'm not surprised about what the, what the top two or three are this year. Yeah, I figured we all like top threes. And you know what? And they've been pretty boring in the past, Bill. And I brought this up and I've always said, you know, the top three downloaded apps is Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. And for the sixth year in a row, it's Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of like, Adam, it doesn't matter anymore. We all just, you know, it's all just Facebook, YouTube. No, not for the year 2020, Bill. Apple, actually, for the top three downloaded, uh, they won't say how many. I'll just make a point of this. They won't say how many but they will say which one is the leader and primarily because of the lockdown pandemic uh the number one downloaded iphone app is zoom um wow shocker there yeah, what a Followed shock by <laughs> yeah i know you were a little like what no way number two was tiktok again no shock on that degree followed by get ready disney plus that's Disney Plus was the third most popular, uh, meaning that all the usual suspects fell. They're not completely out of the top 10, but they did fall between 6 and 10. So the number one Zoom, number two is TikTok, and number three was Disney Plus. That's surprising. Did, did, did Disney surprise you? I mean, there's a lot of buzz about that this year. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, the reason why I, I, I look at it is that, you know, Disney Plus did gain a lot of momentum, but I'm thinking, is there really that many Mandalorian fans that, that are using <laughs> Apple devices? I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of little mermaids that are like, you know, children with their iPhones or iPads going, I need to watch a ton of Disney. Maybe. I, I don't know. It did surprise me, though, Bill. It was in the top three for sure. Well, it's the catalog, I guess, too, though, right? The Marvel stuff and everything. I guess that's the attraction for a lot of people. Well, and I know it, uh, iPhones are still uh, very famous with a lot of that uh, 25 and younger demographic. So TikTok, again, being popular, Disney Plus being popular, um, make perfect sense. Um, and it speaks, by the way, to the who is the user of the iPhone. Um, it really does bring a demographic simple by what, uh, what uh, applications are being used. So I, it just it says to me that uh, the iPhone and the iPad have done very well with marketing to that young consumer. And you know what? And like anything, when you get them locked in that when they're younger, they're going to be there for years. You're going to get that loyalty. So iPhone, as we know, is very popular, but it's securing continuously its growth market. And it doesn't, I guess I, I'm surprised, but I'm, I'm, I'm shocked, but not surprised. There we go. That's the description. All right. Well, that's the good news about Apple. The bad news is they were in court again, and uh, they got dinged pretty badly. 
Man, I'll tell you, you know, I get a speeding ticket once and I just like I cry. I fall into the fetal <laughs> position of a ticket. I'm, and it's like a small and I'm talking about a parking ticket, Bill, not even a real speeding. ticket. I'm looking at a parking ticket. It's twenty dollars. I'm crying. I'm like in the fetal. I'm, I'm literally just sobbing. I pace. I need days to calm down. Anyway, I don't know how, how, how Apple survives, but Apple got fines again for twelve million U.S. dollars because they had misleading claims of how waterproof their phones are. And an Italy regulator, again, not the European Union version, the Italy actually hit Apple with this $12 million fine claiming that their uh, iPhone water-resistant comments were faulty. And further, that Apple's warranty failed to help the customers whose phones were damaged. And further, that, you know, Apple has claimed for uh, its ability to, to be water-resistant was misleading. So there comes a $12 million uh, fine on that, on that end of it. Now, let me segue this to anyone with an iPhone 11 or an iPhone 12. There is a recent study... And again, $12 million maybe uh, is, a, is a bit of a late delay because iPhone has really improved their water pre uh, prevention. They claim that it can go up to six meters for 30 minutes. And recently it was tested and it showed that all models, they did a, a, a test with every model of an iPhone 12, um, and they actually took it down to 19 feet below water in Lake Tahoe where the test was done. So the temperatures were about 11 degrees Celsius. So we're talking rigid waters, in my opinion, um, and we're at the level of the six meters. Well, they were able within that period to prove that the phone could last one hour and 34 minutes. There was no issue with the uh, connectors. There was no issue with the volume. So again, this was a private study done by CNET, uh, a very famous technology uh, uh, website, but they were using this as an example of would Apple continuously get $12 million fines? Well, you can feel rest assured that if you have an, uh, an iPhone 12, all models, you can feel confident that six meters of water for 30 minutes and, and 11 degree temperature, you're going to be okay. Yeah, so uh, uh, that's good news. I mean, if you're stuck in a lake for a longer than an hour, your watch is still going to work. That's the that's the, <laughs> the, the takeaway, I guess, from that. Still with the courts, and we're always involved with courts every time we get into Tech Talk, uh, Microsoft is uh, is in big trouble now, too. Well, yeah, there is a, I didn't even, I totally forgot about this. There was a, there was a license, uh, back in 1998, uh, or sorry, between 1998 to 2010, uh, Microsoft has just lost a class action lawsuit. And if you're in the uh, province of British Columbia, Ontario, or Quebec, uh, the settlement is $409 million, Bill. Um, that's what was settled. Uh, the, you have to be a Canadian resident and you had to have purchased a Microsoft license between December 1998 and March of 2010, which pretty much is almost every business or um, student that was using uh, software during that time. Um, and so with that, you can now uh, claim uh, that you're entitled to some of this money. Well, the class action lawsuit was because Microsoft was engaged in anti-competitive behavior. Sound familiar? It's kind of like got a Google smell to it uh, to me. But uh, anyway, they finally lost in court uh, $409 million. And if you bought any kind of Microsoft product, folks, um, you now might be entitled to a little chunk of uh, retribution. But uh, just keep in mind, it's got to be British Columbia, Ontario, and Quebec. 
I wonder how many millions of people that is. Yeah, I guess we don't even have an estimate on that. But I mean, you know, that's all encompassing. Four hundred nine million dollars sounds like an awful lot of money. But once they start divvying it up about all the people that jump on here, uh, it's quite possible you're going to get a check for five bucks or something. I mean, it's but it's it's the intent, I guess. It's the message they're trying to send to Microsoft now. Well, actually, it would be if every Canadian did file it, if every Canadian purchased, there would be $45 million. It works out to about $12 everyone would be entitled to. There you go. So, I mean, I, I, you know, it's one go of those, Go buy yourself something hey. nice for 12 bucks. <laughs> but, you know, that might, doesn't even cover the tax. So let's just keep that in mind when you do file for that amount, if every Canadian did it. Uh, a little while ago, you talked to us about Elon Musk and his new satellite streaming service, and uh, you said it's not available in Canada. It wasn't then. Uh, new Brunswick, I guess, is going to be first up on this. Well, they just, yeah, they announced in, uh, uh, they, they were doing pilot projects, but it wasn't being announced. It was just being commented that the, uh, the satellite internet service was going to be available. And after we did the show, Bill, I had a lot of people say, uh, when is it available? Uh, how much was it? And I think when I was first talking about it on Tech Talk, there was rumor it was going to be like $59, and now there's another provider. And look at this, Bill. We're going to save so much money on per month on data. Yay, Elon Musk has saved Canada. Well, I want to eat crow. <laughs> for a little bit and i'm going to step back and say yes folks uh adam got a little overzealous when it came to internet provided in our country and uh just to let you know hopefully this is just it's a pilot project i want to segue that with a pilot project it is active in northern new brunswick and rural areas uh they actually have starlink is what it's referred to uh you can purchase it and the speeds are truly astounding upload download really they're they're lightning fiber cable speeds however however and these these are canadian and uh, again this is where adam eats crow on tech talk where i get excited and now i just kind of put my head between my legs uh the cost is to set up 820 dollars canadian plus gst hst um that gets you the hardware that gets you a satellite dish you get you a modem get you a uh, uh, hundred feet of cable and then that's just to put the equipment in your uh cottage or wherever you are on the out in the bush then you got to pay a subscription fee of a hundred and thirty dollars a month plus tax so it's about triple what adam thought it was and it's probably more expensive than most internet even dial up for that matter so but it is fast that's the good news bill it is fast which is another reason why, by the way, Elon Musk is nose and nose with Bill Gates now is the richest man in the world. Good for him. Uh, this is Tech Talk. We do this actually every Friday at 1130, special edition today. Adam Oldfield, the president and CEO of uh, FPM and FPM3 Marketing, and Vacuuman, who sponsors this program. Uh, thanks so much for this, Adam. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Bill. Have a great day tomorrow. Talk to you soon. Take care. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.